But anyway, I'm so excited for today because we are in a brand new series today called The Perfect Fit. And let me just start off by saying, you know what? Finding the perfect fit is a big deal. Uh, it's, it's important, especially when you're like your clothes shopping. Like, you know, you want things to fit nice. You know, you don't want it to be too baggy or too snug. You want that perfect fit. And sometimes it's hard, especially when you're shopping for jeans or, or pants, because I'm right at a 31-inch inseam, for those of y'all that know what that is. And for guys, like they either come 30 or 32. So I'm kind of like right in the middle there. And so, you know, you know how it is to to try on some pants and you put them on and you're like, oh man, that's a perfect fit. Um, the other day, Abby is putting together puzzles now, which just blows me away because I cannot stand puzzles. And I'm not just talking about any puzzle, like I'm talking a thousand piece puzzle, right? And, and so, in fact, I think I hate them so much. I think that in purgatory, uh, now I'm not saying that there is a purgatory, okay? I'm not saying that there is, but if there is one, I think that it's just tables and tables full of puzzles and no edge pieces. It's just the middle. But that's how much I hate them. It just makes my skin crawl thinking about it. But you know how when you're putting together a puzzle and you got all those pieces and you think that this one's good, but no, and you're always looking for the perfect fit. Well, one more thing, and this always drives me crazy, is trying to put something together electronically. We did that this morning with all this stuff up on stage, trying to get the sound working. You got all these different cables, and maybe you've put something together at the house, and you got like a stereo system, or you're just trying to hook your Roku to your TV, you know, those kinds of things. And you're like, do I need a USB or a USB-C or an HDMI or an HDMI mini? And then when you put them all together, you know it's a perfect fit because everything turns on, and you're like, ah, thank you, Jesus, right? I got it all to work. The perfect fit is a big deal. And what about when it comes to you? Like, personally speaking, what about how like, we approach every day? I sometimes feel like most people walk around life looking for the perfect fit, right? Like when it comes to relationships, when it comes to work, when it comes to lifestyles, we're constantly trying to find out like, how do I fit into this world, right? How do I fit into my family? How do I fit into work? But most importantly, when it comes, when it comes to God's plan, like when it comes to him and like what I'm supposed to do next or how he's supposed to lead me and where I'm supposed to go and I just don't know, like how do I fit in, God? Like how do I fit in with what you want for me to do? How do I fit in perfectly with God's plan? And that's what we're going to be talking about in this new series. Okay, and to start things off, I want to go to a very familiar piece of Scripture, okay? One that we actually used in the last series. You'll, you'll know this as soon as we dive into it. It comes from Romans 8, 28. So look at your message notes. We're going to throw this up here on the screen, and let's start here, okay? Uh, this will get us into this series, okay? It says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Okay, stop right there for just a minute. Most of the time, we just talk about that first part, that we know that God causes everything to work to good for those who love God. And we stop, and then we expound on that, and then we talk about how bad things happen in life. And no matter, even if bad things happen, God is good, and God can still work something good in your life, right? Like, and, and that's all true. But the rest of that verse, look at the last part of this verse. It says this, and we know that God causes everything, 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, if you could on your message notes, if you could draw, I would have you draw and I would have you circle the words called and purpose and then draw a line between them because those two things are so important. Okay, they go hand in hand. Your purpose and your calling go together. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to spend a lot of time over the next couple of weeks talking about our purpose as Christian believers in Christ, okay? I, I want to share some things that I've learned from Rick Warren, and I love that purpose-driven stuff, and I just want to share that over the next few weeks. But before we dive into the purpose, what I want to do today is I want to focus on what it means that God calls you, okay? That God has called you, that God has a calling for you. Now, what's the first thing you think about when I say that God has called you? G- generally, when we think of the word call, we think of somebody calling us on the phone, right? Or somebody calling us on the cell phone or or making a call. Now, I have to admit, I'm not really much for talking on the phone. In fact, I would much rather text than call anybody. Let me see, raise your hands in here. How many of you would prefer texting than calling? Let me see, raise your hands. Okay, all right, good. Those are my people right there. How many of you are like, no, because what I have to say is so important. I've got to call you. I need to talk to you. I would rather call than text. Okay, all right. Um, my dad is one of those people that loves to call and loves to answer calls. All, no matter, if, if I gave y'all all his number and y'all all called him today, he would answer all of your phone calls. He just would. That's just how he is. And if you called and somebody else were calling at the same time, he would stop talking to you so he could answer your call. You know, that whole thing. And anytime we're in a conversation and he gets a call, he's one of those people that pulls it out. And he's like, oh, hold on. Let me answer this. And then he'll start talking. He's like, uh, so you're saying I could save a lot of money by switching to Geico? It's like, well, tell me more about that, right? You, you know those type of people, you know, that just, uh, I love them, man. But that's just who he is. But I think that's one of the reasons I don't like phone calls is because most of the time they're spammers. Most of the time it's not good news. Most of the time it's, you know, just people wanting to sell me something, right? Now, let's just say that somebody called you, but they had good news, like that you inherited $100 million, you know, that, that type of thing, then you'd want to answer that call, right? You wouldn't want to miss that call. Let, let me ask you this. What if God called you? Like, what if God is trying to call you? What if God has something to tell you? Right? The the Bible says that we, that we have been called and that we are being called according to his purpose. Like, his purpose for our life. That God continues to call out to us. That God continues to reach out to us. In fact, I love the way the message puts this. A few more sentences down in that same chapter of the book of Romans, we read this. This is the next one on your message notes. It says this. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, so after the creation process and after God made the decision of who we would be and how we would be, he followed it up by calling people by name. Okay, that means that after he, even before he created you, then he created you, he calls you by name, he knows you because he's the one that made you, right? We know those pieces of scripture that goes, he knows you so much, he knows every hair on your head, he calls you by name. And then after he called them, us, by name, he set us, them, he set us on a solid basis with himself. In, in other words, he forgives us. Like, he brings us into fellowship with him, right? So that he can do good works in our life for his glory. Now, if you look at this verse here in the King James Version or the NIV or or a different version, you get a lot of like $20 church words. Like you get a lot of expensive words in there like justified and 
and um, predestined and glorified. And we could spend like hours just breaking those down. But what I want to do today to start this series off, I just want to focus on the fact that he calls you by name and what that means for us, that he calls us each individually. The word that's used for calling in this scripture is the word kaleo, okay? And some of y'all are like, where have I heard that word before? If you've been around me long enough, you know that I was this close to trying to name the church kaleo a long time ago um, instead of the rich. Why? It's because it means calling. It means call. Like, it's, it's a big deal. It's, it's our calling and who we, how we understand what God wants for us. When, when scripture uses the word kaleo, most of the time it's talking about your assignment in life. Like what God has planned for you, your purpose, your mission, where you, where you perfectly fit into God's plan, right? That, that's the word that is used. Now, I don't, I don't want to lose you with a whole lot of terminology and definition and contextual language and everything. But since we're talking about the Greek, let me also share with you the Latin. Okay, when you get into the Latin, this is where we get the word for vocation. Okay, vocation comes from the Latin word that means to speak. It comes from vocal, calling, vocation. So if you put this together, then vocation and calling kind of go together. Now, there's a point to all this. Here's my point. The problem is, is that so much of our vocation doesn't have to do so much with our calling, where the root word comes from. What it comes to, it just kind of gets to reduce to, to something that just means my career. And what I want you to know is that it's so much more than that, okay? It's, it's more than just your nine-to-five daily job and what you got going on every day from Monday through Friday or if you got a weekend shift or if you're working at home, whenever you turn on your computer and what you day, do um, day in and day out. What we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, right, is what that calling is for us in God's purpose and what that means for us as Christian believers. You see, I don't want you to miss the fact that God has called you personally, that he knows you by name, okay? And he has, he's got a perfect fit just for you. In fact, in fact, the Bible is full of God calling people by name, right? I mean, when you read the Bible, he called Noah, right? He called Noah by name. He called to him and asked him to build the ark, right? He called Abraham to go to a new land. He called David to, to be king. He called Nehemiah to build the wall. He called, and then later on, he called people like Peter, Paul, and Mary, right? The, the people in the Bible, not, not necessarily the band. Um, although, who am I to judge? He could have called Peter, Paul, and Mary. And if those of y'all, if, if anybody in here or online, if you got that, you know what that means? That means you're old right there. Okay, because you got young people around you. Somebody sitting at your home right now, they have no idea what I'm talking about. You may have to fill them in later, right? But he calls people by name, right? God has a call for every person. Here's why that's important. Here's why it's so important that we dive into this. Here's why it's important that we study this for the next couple of weeks. Is because when you understand your calling, when you understand that God has called out to you, when you understand that there is a purpose for you, that God has a perfect fit in mind just for you, then everything makes sense. Then we begin to have more hope. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes about this in the book of Ephesians. 
He says this, look at this next verse. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, that that God would just flood you with the light of who he is so that you can understand the confident hope that has been given to those that he called, his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance, so that you can understand when you get that, when you understand the light, you can understand the confident hope that he has for those people that he has called out to. And that's what we're after, man. In this crazy world and in this crazy time that we're living in right now, isn't it nice to know that no matter what's going on, that I can realize that God has called me and that he's got a purpose for me? And even though it's crazy around me, I know that God has the perfect fit just for me and just for my family and just for how I serve them. So, let's talk about that, okay? I believe that you have so much more of a blessing when you understand that you are called and you have a purpose. Now, to talk about God's calling and what that means for us, the fact that God calls out to you, what does that mean? I want to give you a couple of points this morning, okay? So look at your message notes. Now we're ready to fill in some blanks, okay? Let's talk about our calling. Number one, my calling from God is a gift. Number one, it's a gift. Okay, I can't earn it. When God calls me, when God calls you, we can't earn it. We can't work for it. And guess what? We definitely don't deserve it. It's just flat out given to us. When he created me, when he created you, he called you. And you know what? That is just God's grace given to you. And the reason I say that is because of this verse in Galatians. It says this, God, by his grace through Christ, what did he do? He called you. He called you what? To become one of his people, to be saved through Jesus Christ so that you can be with him, so that you can know him. And it's not because of anything you've done. What what is grace? If you remember this from our last series that we just did, grace is God's undeserved kindness, right? It's when God gives you what you don't deserve. Grace, here's what it is. It's when God knows everything you've ever done. It's when God knows all the mistakes you've ever made, all the times that you've blown it. In fact, take it even further. Not only does he know it now, he knew it before you even did it. He knew it before he created you, right? He knew that you were going to mess up, and he loved you anyway. And he calls out to you anyway. That's amazing grace. The fact that he still calls me. The fact that he still calls you, even though. You see, the true gift that we're given, the first gift we're given, is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Right? Not only did God, not only did God create you, but what he did is that he called out to you before you even knew who he was. This is something that we call prevenient grace. Ooh, y'all, I'm about to get all Methodist on you, okay? Y'all are gonna be such good little Methodists, okay? This is some good denominational stuff right here, okay? So this is prevenient grace. This is God's grace that's given out to you before you even know who God is. Maybe you even turned your back. You're like, I know there's God. I don't care, and I'm gonna do my own thing, and you do it anyway. But God is still calling out to you even before you love him, even before you give your life to him. He's like, I don't care. I want you. I want you, what, to become his people, part of his family. So he reaches out to you to give you salvation. He's calling out to you, trying to woo you back to him. 
right? So that initial call is for us to be saved. And then what? As if that's not good enough, he keeps calling even after we're saved. He's not done. He keeps calling out to us to pull us closer to him, to love him more, to live for him, to serve him. He keeps calling out to us, trying to make us more like Jesus until the final day of when he calls us to be home, to come home to him in heaven. So all those times that God calls to us to save us, to transform us, to rapture us, he keeps calling after us. And guess what? It's a gift. We don't deserve it. And yet that's how much God loves us. He just keeps coming after us. Praise God. The second thing is this. My calling is for God's purpose. When God calls out to me, when God has a purpose for me, it's for him. It's not for me. Although we tend to live as though we believe that it's all about us, right? But I'm called for God's purpose. I'm called for God's plan. You are made by God and you are made for God. And guess what? Until you understand that, life is not going to make sense. You're just going to keep bumping around in life. Nothing is ever going to make sense. You're never going to find the perfect fit as long as you're living for yourself. Let me share this verse with you that comes from Ephesians chapter 2. It says this. It says, we are God's masterpiece He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do, here it is, so that we can do the good things that he planned for us. Now, I love this verse, and I talk about this verse so much because of that word masterpiece right there. That word masterpiece, it comes from the Greek word. Okay, here we go. We're going to go back to the Greek again. It comes from where we get the word poem from. This is poema, okay? And what that means is that God has this beautiful piece of artwork when he created you, okay? And that doesn't mean that he created you like as an afterthought or just, you know, like an after-school project and he's just trying to get enough to squeak by in class or anything like that. No, 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 no. Like, you're a masterpiece. You're a beautiful work of art. Like other translations, when you get to... Some of the other translations, they'll say workmanship. And I I don't like that so much as I like the word masterpiece because that's what you are. And you know what? When you dig down into that, he created you as a beautiful piece of art that is unlike anything else, that's unlike anyone else. So that, that means that you are to live into your calling for him because you are a specific poem of God, right? He has a plan for you. And not only that, but he knew what your plan was going to be long before he even created you. So every person in this room, every person watching online, no matter who you are, guess what? You're a masterpiece of God. No matter how you feel about yourself right now, even if you messed up, even if you don't feel very good about yourself right now, that doesn't change the fact of how God sees you because he created you. You're beautiful in his sight. Right, but make no mistake about it. You are a masterpiece. You are a piece of art. You are a poem that does what? That reflects its creator. Right? That's, that's the beauty of what a, a, an awesome picture does. The beauty of the masterpiece. What does it do? It always points to the artist. And that's what our calling is. That's what our purpose is. Is to bring him glory. Number three. This is a good one. Number three, your call doesn't change because of sin. Okay, it doesn't change because of sin. This is a good reminder, and I just, I kind of touched on it a minute ago, but when I mess up, it doesn't, it doesn't affect 
the fact that God still calls to me. It doesn't affect that I can still fit into God's plan, no matter how bad I messed up, or if somebody else messed up and it really wasn't my fault, or if you made a bad decision that you still regret and you just can't let it go. It doesn't change the fact that God created you and that God's got good things planned for you. Back to that Romans 8 verse, right? In fact, let's go back to that idea that I mentioned in the first verse of how God created you. And guess what? He already knew that you were going to mess up. Even before he made you, he knew all all the times that you were going to fail. He knew that you would mess up that relationship. He knew that you would struggle with that sin over and over and return to it again and again and again. And guess what? It doesn't change things. It never does. He still is so good to us that he calls out to us and wants to do good things through us no matter what's happened in life. In fact, a good example of this is Paul. Check out this verse that he writes to 1 Timothy, okay? He, he, he says this to Timothy. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank Jesus who gives me strength because he trusted me. Jesus gave me this work of serving him. In the past, I spoke And now he's thinking about all this stuff he did bad. He said, in the past, I spoke against Christ. I wasn't for Jesus. In fact, keep reading. He says, I persecuted him. And I did all the kind of things I could to hurt him. But what did God do? Even in the midst of all of that. But God showed me mercy. Because I did not know what I was doing. I love that phrase at the end. I did not know what I... How many times have you said that? Like, honestly, when you messed up and you're like, oof, I didn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know what I was doing. Doesn't change the fact that you did something wrong. Doesn't change the fact that you messed up. Right? And talk about messing up. If anybody's messed up in life, if anybody deserves not to do anything for God, it's Paul. Because what kind of mess up did Paul have? Paul literally hunted Christians to persecute them, Right? I mean, if anybody should be disqualified from doing any kind of thing for God's plan, if anybody should be disqualified from fitting into a perfect plan of God, it's that guy. And yet, Paul says, God still trusted me. God still trusted me and gave me this work of serving him. How cool is that? It's not like it caught God off, uh, you know, by surprise that Paul was who he was and did what he did, and yet God still used them. God still called Paul to bring them in and to do some amazing things for the glory of God. The, the reason I want to bring this up is because I run into so many people, so many people who think because they messed up, God gives up. It's just like, well, preach, you just don't know, man. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad it got. You don't know what happened. Listen, your sin does not disqualify you from being used by God. Your sin does not disqualify you from being a part of God's plan. I think I brought this up a little while back, but my Thursday guys group, men's group, we, we watched a video a long time ago about a guy named Chuck Colson. Some of you may remember him, but he was a very powerful person in the government. In fact, he worked with the president, and he was involved in the Watergate scandal. And he went to prison for it. But in prison, God kept calling him. 
And in prison, that's where he gave his life to Christ. He answered that call of salvation. And then after answering that call for salvation, God didn't stop calling to him. God didn't stop trying to work him into that perfect fit, that perfect plan that he had for him. And Chuck Colson began something called Prison Fellowship. Prison Fellowship is now in 150 different countries and has blessed so many people in the prison. But when God created him, he knew that guy would go from the presidency to prison and then back out again. And yet, God's like, I'm still going to work you into a perfect plan. That did not disqualify him from being used by God. Even though he messed up, God is like, you know what? You can run as long as you want to, but when you're ready, I'm going to keep calling and I'm going to use you. And I'm going to fit you into my plan. The fourth point is this. I know y'all are looking at this and y'all are like, we have got six points to get through. We are going to be here forever. We're not, I promise. Point number four is this. Your perfect fit in life, your calling is connected to others. Okay? It's connected to other people. Whatever God calls you to do in life, he doesn't mean for you to do it alone. Okay? I guarantee you that. That's not how it works. You cannot be by yourself. You weren't meant to do it without other people. Calling and community go hand in hand. You gotta be connected to God's people. It's just how God made us. Look at Ephesians 4. It says, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one body. We are all part of the body of Christ. We make it up together. I thought about this the other day when Shannon and I, Shannon and I uh, made the purchase of a treadmill the other day, okay? And what I didn't realize is when they send it to you, they send it to you in like a hundred different pieces. Have you ever had that? Like you, you order something, you're excited about it, and then it gets delivered and you got to put it all together. And so it was not the best instructions. In fact, we were putting it together. We sweated more putting it together than I actually did running on it the next day. Oh, oh, and here's the cool thing about it. We did not fuss or argue one time. How about that? That's a big deal. In fact, for our new marriage class, here's what I think we ought to do. I think we ought to disassemble the treadmill and send it to every marriage couple and make them put it together and see how they do, right? That'll, that'll fix things for sure, make things work. Anyway, that was off the topic. Anyway, all the pieces that came together in that assembly, you know, they had a purpose. You got the screen that shows you how far you run. You got the heart rate monitor thing that you can grab onto. You got that, you know, that magnet, uh, you know, stop button that you clip to your belt just in case you go flying off the back thing, right? You don't keep flipping off of it, it stops. But individually, like if you were to give it some power, they might work, but they're not going to work like they're supposed to, right? They, They only fulfill the real purpose when they're all put together. And it's the same thing for us as part of the body of Jesus Christ, Right? When we're called, we're called to be together. You can't function well by yourself. You can try, but it won't be. You won't have the confident hope that you could have being a part of God's family because that's how God wired us. That's how He made us. That's why we need a church family. That's why we offer small groups. That's why we offer registration for for in-person worship so that we can be together. That's why online, that's why Say is a host online and trying to get people to connect with each other while we worship together wherever we are. It's because we're meant to be connected, right? Especially during this time. Being connected 
it helps us live into our purpose, and it's something that we're all called to do. All right, fifth point is this. My calling is empowered by God. It's empowered by God. So listen, whatever God calls for you next, whatever God is working at and transforming in your life, he's going to give you the power to do it. If God gives you an assignment to do, guess what? He's going to enable me to do it. He's going to equip me to do it. He's going to give me the power to do it. He's going to give me the ability to do it. Let me give you another verse that comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, okay? This is Paul again, okay? And he's given advice to the people living in the city of Ephesus. And he writes this. He says, I, a prisoner of the Lord, he emphasizes this, okay, because You remember he he was put in prison for preaching about Jesus. He says, I, a prisoner in the Lord, encourage you to live the kind of life that proves that God has called you. Paul's like, listen, I want to encourage you to keep living in to what God wants for you to do. Because if I can do it as a prisoner in the Lord while I'm in prison, if God gives me the power to live into his calling for what he wants for me and writing these letters and sharing the gospel, then I know that God can give you the power that you need to do whatever he's calling you to do. You see, once God calls out to you, once you understand that you got a purpose and that he's got a plan and that he wants to do this next in your life, when you commit to God, here's what happens. God commits to you. God commits to getting the job done. When you commit to to, to living into saying just, God, I I know that this is what you want for me next, so I'm going to take a step in that. I feel you calling me in this, so I'm going to take a step, and I'm just going to trust you. If you commit to God, God commits to getting the work done of whatever it is that he wants to do next. That's just how it works. And then one more thing, one more thing. Okay, my calling, point number six, is rewarded. When God calls to me, and I take that step, and I move towards him, and I trust in him to give me the power I need, I'm rewarded for living into what God wants. There's a prize waiting for us. There's there's crowns in heaven, right? God has promised to reward those that he calls to in life. And the reward, one of the rewards, of course, is to live forever with him. Philippians 3 says this. Paul says, I press on towards the goal to win that prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. The prize, of course, is being in heaven with God forever. The prize is sharing in all of God's glory. You know, life on this earth and how we live it out, man, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to eternity, right? And here's the deal. Do you remember the story of the talents? Do you remember the story of the master that had the three servants? And he called to his servants. He called to them and had them come here, and they answered the call. They came in, and then he gave them. He gave him the next step of what to do, and then he left, right? And then when he came back, he was so excited to see what they did when he called them last time, right? So he called them back. He calls to them again, and they come up, and two of the servants, man, not only did they do what the master wanted them to do, but they did more, and they were living into it, and they were following after, you know, just just trying to do the most that they can, and because of that, they were rewarded. But what about the third guy? The third guy, man, he was called, but he didn't do anything. He just didn't do anything with it, and it didn't go so well for him. You see, I think there's something to learn from that. I think when God calls us, 
He gives us a purpose. He gives us those gifts to be used for him. And there's going to be a day when he returns, right? And we're going to get called to be with him again. And he's going to want to know, what did we do? Were we faithful? And those that are, man, there's a reward. Think of all the blessings that are going to come one day with being in his presence and glory. So to wrap all this up, man, those are the six things that I wanted you to know as we begin this series. I I just want you to know that God is calling out to you. God has a perfect fit for your life. So you know what? Don't silence the call. Man, don't ignore the call. Don't just let let it ring and ring and not answer it. No, no, no. The more you understand the fact that God keeps calling out to you, the more you're gonna find your perfect fit in this crazy world and in this crazy time. And as we go through this series, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about our purpose, right? And how we perfectly fit into God's plan. But today, I hope that you'll realize that your calling and the fact that God calls to you, man, it's a gift. It's a gift that we get to unwrap. It's it's to serve his purpose around us. It's never going to change, even if we mess up. It's connected to, to other believers in Jesus. It's empowered by God himself and and will be rewarded when we answer that call. But these things only happen. These things only happen. We only find our perfect fit in life and how we work into God's plan when we answer his call. So don't miss it. Don't miss out on what God wants to do through you right now. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you that you created us and that you have called us and that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. God, it's amazing to think that you care about us that much, that in the middle of such a big world with such big problems around us, God, that individually you care for me, that you know me, that you created me, and you see me as a work of art, that we are actually, that I am a masterpiece in your eyes. God, help me. Help me learn how to better reflect the artist, God. Help me to help all of us, God, to live in your calling, whatever that means for us right now. God, for some people in this room, maybe for some people watching online, they've never answered that call of salvation. God, and you keep calling and you keep wooing after them. God, just help them understand that you're calling them right now. That you want them to know more about you. That you want them to receive salvation. And if that's you this morning and you're in this room or you're online, then pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I'm tired of ignoring the call. I'm ready to answer, and I'm ready to accept you in my heart. Just pray and say, just ask for forgiveness. Just say, Jesus, please forgive me and come into my life. I don't understand everything just yet, but I do know, God, that you love me and that you have called me and that your purpose, your plan is to be with me. So I want to live for you. God, thank you for everyone that, said that prayer this morning. For others, God, I just, I know that there are many people that have been ignoring the call that you have in an area of their life. God, you're you're calling to people right now in this room and online in a specific way. 
And maybe it's to be a blessing, or maybe it's a next step in the family, or maybe it's to work on a relationship, or maybe it's to work on my relationship with you, God, whatever it is, Jesus. Help us to understand that you keep calling us, that you want to transform us, that your, that your desire is to, to move us forward in life. God, that when you call us, it's a gift. And it's for your purpose to, to do good things for you. And it doesn't change how much we mess up. God, give us the power we need to live into what you want for us. God, use us in mighty ways to be a blessing to you and your kingdom because we want nothing more, God, than just to to be a pleasing piece of art for the master creator. And God, we, we look forward to the one day receiving the reward that we'll have in your kingdom. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen.